3: They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know.
2: Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. Recording this on a Wednesday night after another Kings Warriors matchup. This time in San Francisco. No De'Aaron Fox tonight, and the Kings battled. They had the lead. In fact. The Kings felt like maybe they won it when Sabonis banked in a mid-range jumper to give the Kings the lead. But of course, it wasn't going to be that easy. Clay Thompson buries what proved to be the game winner with two-tenths of a second left. And the Warriors beat the Kings tonight, 102-100. to Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. She is in San Francisco tonight after hosting King's pre and post game live at the NBC Sports California studios in San Francisco with Mike Bibby, who made his debut as a King's broadcaster. Hi, Morgan. How are you?
4: Hi, Deuce. I'm so good. It would have been way more fun to like end this night with Mike Bibby on a win um but we I mean we had so much fun it was it was it was so fun working with him he's just such a happy uh sweet dude and um how was he and, how, how do you
2: do he I know he's nervous oh, like I oh, we we, I, we talked to him a couple weeks ago and I remember he's very nervous
4: yeah and he said he was nervous and I'm just like laughing I'm like he didn't even seem nervous you know what I mean it's like and just understanding each other and the cadences. I think we had fun together and I didn't really I'm kind of in this era of like like, be you even if it's weird um or like annoying or anything because I think I'm all of those things which is totally fine but like I watch the game how I would watch the game at home except I am appropriately dressed you know like at home I look like
2: you watch the games naked at home what do you mean appropriately dressed like what do you do (laughs) you just walk
4: no, like I don't I, I don't look like I should be out in public. I don't look oh, like yes, I should okay. be seen. you know what I mean? Like like that in like I'm like eating food and it gets on me kind of thing at home. Where like in studio, the only thing that I'm doing differently is not looking like that. But I, I'm yelling at the TV and doing what I need to do. And tonight I was really into this game. I wanted it so bad, and I hate that feeling of wanting it so bad.
2: Yeah. It's a frustrating one. You know, I know we were just talking before the podcast started about just how annoyed we are with the Kings playing the Warriors so often. (laughs) Again, like I am I look at the schedule after tonight going, oh, when's the next time? We probably don't see him for a couple of months. No. In fact, they see them this month in Sacramento, November 28th. I think it's a TNT game. Like, Lee, you couldn't have just like spread these games out a little bit. Like, I'm cool with opening week. I would have been cool with a little Christmas Day one, maybe January, February. No, we're going to go pack them all in. Three of the matchups before December is insane to me. Anyway, I I, I think the first thing I want to start with tonight, Morgan, the Kings played this game without De'Aaron Fox. Davion Mitchell got the start. The one thing I really do admire about these Kings-Warriors matchups before we take a deep dive into the game you say it's not a... People can say it's not a rivalry. Maybe the Warriors don't think it is. These two teams play their asses off when they go head-to-head. Yep. Like, we saw close preseason games. We went to overtime. Another one was a Steph Curry game winner that felt like, oh, this had some meaning to it, some juice to it, especially that last one in San Francisco. You had opening night, right? And then tonight, these teams play hard. It, it felt like a playoff game. And... I admire that about both teams that here we are this early into the season and these two teams are playing their asses off. I, I I appreciate that just as a basketball fan.
4: I'm I'm with you. And I think that's why there's this little part of me after a Kings loss to the Warriors, again, that I'm not it's like it's almost like I'm not heartbroken. I'm almost um what's that? Like, there's that line that I love. It's, it's better to feel pain than nothing at all. I used to say that. I used to say that a lot, especially when we were feeling a lot of pain with the Kings losses. But I think sometimes what it really just means is that you care. And other times I think because there's something to care about and with this situation and with this team and where it's going, there's something to care about. And the pain that you're feeling is like, Oh, I am having fun and enjoying these situations. So it hurts a yeah. lot when they're losing to a team like the Warriors again. And in this fashion.
2: I, I should also note, I felt like the officials called it like a playoff game, by the way. I mean, the Dude. physicality in this game, and I'm not saying it was bad. They did miss some calls that you know Draymond found the shit out of bonus, But you know, that's I mean, not why the Kings lost. I'm not doing that game. No, it was just no, a, it was just a very physical game.
4: It was a very physical game. And I'm so with you. Like, I am fine with that type of physicality. But when someone like Draymond or Chris Paul gets away with that shit, it's just it's one of those things where (laughs) they they it's almost like they're like they become stronger mentally, physically. And they're like, I can get away with anything. And then the team feels the same kind of empowerment. And it's just not good for anyone. Except the Warriors. So, yeah, the physicality was there. But like you said, everyone cared in tonight's game.
2: Just an unbelievable finish to this game. Just crazy. And, you know, if I would have told you tonight, the Kings, you know, you you love when I play this game. If I would have told you that the Kings would be playing without De'Aaron Fox, that they would finish with 101 points and they'd shoot just under 41% from the field and 11 of 35 from three. You would have said the Kings lost by twenty to twenty-five points. Correct. They had the lead until Clay Thompson shot with two tenths of a second to go. I think first things first. I I, I do want to get to the end of the game too. The effort tonight was fantastic by Sacramento. I, I I I if they could play this type of defense with that type of engagement, the rotations, there were very few breakdowns, and some of them were kind of costly late. A couple of backdoor layups late from Draymond one from clay. They had one situation where Keegan, you know, picked up Steph full core an easy back screen. And then Steph took off and there's mismatches everywhere. He scored easily. But for the most part, Sacramento's defensive engagement was outstanding. They did a great, I'm with you. they did a great job on Steph. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, To to see what they did against Steph, and they they, they tasked Keegan with getting the opportunity. Keegan had a couple of nice moments on him, for sure. A couple of steals. He played physical, stayed with him. They threw some double teams at him, some traps. They tried to get the ball out of his hands. You know, Steph had 21 points. He only took 15 shots. I thought they did a nice job on Steph Curry in this game. Like, he did not torch them. They wanted other guys to beat them, and I, I thought the Kings did a really nice job on him.
4: Yes, thank you, Deuce, and let's break that down right now because that's exactly. Are you saying that
2: because I just talked for two minutes about like eighteen different things?
4: Thank you, and I was like, can we can like collaborate? Is this is this a uh, team pod? Um, You're exactly right. With Steph Curry, I kept making it wasn't even a joke. It was just truly how I felt on the post game show. I kept saying twenty one points, ha ha, only twenty one (laughs) points because like it just. Good, not it's to see not to have a forty piece on the Kings or above. So that was good. Now let's talk about why that worked on Steph Curry. And this is what I'll start with. I asked Mike Bibby in the beginning of the game. I've asked so many people, "How do you stop Steph Curry? How do you stop, how do you slow down Steph Curry?" And people are like, "You yes, exactly. Good yeah. luck. Try to slow him down as much as you can." I thought the Kings slowing him down was such a great game plan and i go i go isn't that everyone's game plan no but they executed their game plan and their game plan of that wasn't just having davion on steph curry and i'm so excited to talk about this because i even saw someone on twitter being like i don't like that that it was keegan and and other people on Steph. why wasn't it davion the whole time and i go wait why do you care if it worked yeah i I think and that's
2: this guy named benny on twitter who he's super passionate and no, he, and he hits me up. He's had that question a little bit too. And it's a fair point because Mike Brown said the other night or other day at practice, like Davion Mitchell's superpower is his on ball defense. Well, you would Mm -hmm. think like that's who you want on the ball, but to be honest, Davion sometimes is not great as an off ball defender. We've talked to him about this. You know, Davion's admitted that to us. And no perfect example than the final play of the game. And I I know I'm jumping around here, but let's just talk about the final play. Davion, when you go back and watch that final play, when Clay gets the ball, Davion hesitates. He's just a step slow. Clay gets the ball, and then then he moves up. And if Davion was just engaged from the start, it would have prevented Clay from making that first move. Maybe Davion's able to bump him a little bit, and then... You know, we're talking about fractions of seconds here, right? And then the other thing is Keegan could have helped off Draymond, all right? And, and those two moments, right? We're talking about these two moments defensively where if you're just locked in a little tighter, yep. then the buzzer probably goes off and you escape with a win. So, yeah, I, Davion sometimes off ball, it's not great. And Steph Curry is a menace off ball. We know this.
4: Yes, and that was exactly like because you took it to the final play. Yes, yeah, D- sorry. It's Let's go okay. there. That we're gonna go there, and you're exactly right. You look at that last possession with Clay, and I wasn't. It's funny. I was more looking at Keegan than I was looking at Davion. Oh, uh, so Davion. He, he
2: hesitated for a slight second. Just a, and maybe it was a second, but a slight moment, whatever that is, yeah. fraction of yeah. a second. And if he had just been up on him, Clay's not getting to that spot.
4: Sure, sure. No, exactly. So being locked in, in a different way when you're off, blah, blah 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 blah. Yes, all those things. He's human. It's gonna happen. Yes. Whatever. But like my thing, my my thing was Keegan was so good defensively in this game, especially on ball on Steph Curry, long arms, being active with his hands and everything. To have that moment where it's like a lapse of judgment, where Draymond is so far yeah. beyond the arc him shoot that shit if he's gonna get the ball yeah and they yeah. did
2: they did early in the game and he knocks them down but it's like we li, live that we you'll live with that L- let exactly. draymond take the shot yeah and exactly. so and that's, that's one what- keegan as a young player has to learn from like hey in those moments that's know your personnel right no no what, what what's the score how much time's left you have to be and this is hard okay I, i'm not saying it's not hard but we're talking about the finer details now where like if keegan just helps off there he might have been there maybe to block the shot, let alone just contest
4: it. It's all of the the above. Yes. It's all of the above. It's not even about look at the amount of times he Murray's long arms, contested a shot, disrupted a shot, did something with a shot in that moment. And again, this isn't blaming anyone. We're literally breaking down what went wrong in that final play. And I mean, he can't be mad at himself for it. He has to look at it and go, Shit, I can't let that happen late in games. I have to execute late game situations. Um, Again, not the biggest deal in the world. But yes, where you saw the breakdown was right there. Keegan uh, not coming off Draymond even a little bit more. Davion maybe hesitating a little bit there as well. But now, because we talked about that second, I just...
2: Can we just stick with this final play? Because I had one more thing on it. Unless Persever. you're going back to staff, because we will we will talk about the staff component too. I'm, okay, I'm
4: going re- to defense altogether. but okay.
2: So the other thing that's interesting, because even with Davion, you know, we talk about if Keegan was there to help, sure. That that's the one disadvantage with Davion out there too. You know, when he's in a position to be on clay is like Clay's six seven. You could play great defense, and he could shoot over you. You, you but you also it, it it was a tough decision for Brown, and I saw Kevin Herter when Brown took him out. And put Davion in. Kevin was frustrated. I think he looked frustrated. And I think he was frustrated because he was competing tonight. He did a fantastic job out there. Not only defensively. He had some breakdowns too. But I thought he competed well. He was in there getting some tough-ass rebounds. We're talking about back-to-back games from Kevin Herter. Where he's getting seven-plus rebounds. He had nine tonight. I loved what he did. But in the, again, this is... <laughs> This is what you do when the, the game ends this way. You go. I mean, if you got Herter in there on clay, at least he's got the length. You know what Dude. I mean? And so I, it's well, just, it's just a little things, right? But then again, Davion's one of your best. He's probably your best defender too. You right.
4: Know? Right. No, I have I have no problem with that decision making. But you're exactly right. As a player, as a competitor, when you're not being trusted in that moment, it's it can be frustrating. But it's like, how do you channel that frustration into actually? changing that and making sure your coach does trust you you know you got to put in the work and try and be someone that your coach can trust late in games now looking at the defense as a whole may i go there yes please okay so looking at the defense as a whole you saw this end up being a low-scoring game. And I think both teams, obviously, there was times when shots were not falling or, you know, uh, things weren't working. But I think when you look at the Kings' defense and slowing down the Golden State Warriors, it's slowing down Steph Curry and not allowing him to shoot the ball creates so much more chaos for the Golden State Warriors, even though they can sling it, even though they're a good team, um, even if Steph Curry – isn't the only one scoring. But I I saw Will Z put on willzstats.com. He had this stat about Steph Curry and just his efficiency against the Sacramento Kings in that 41 piece. But then also he's been the leading scorer averaging 33 points per game. And the person underneath him is Clay Thompson at 17 points per game. You know, it's just, it's a huge, it's a huge jump. From your leading scorer all the way to the next leading scorer, so I love that the Kings did a good job of slowing him down, and I think they slowed him down with this team effort.
2: Yeah, and I, we there's some Warriors fans in our chat right now, which we appreciate because guess what? We talk more than Kings, we talk NBA too. Like when we say that Keegan did a good job, we're not saying that Keegan Murray is the Curry stopper now. But what you have to do with Curry is the one thing you have to do with a player like him is throw him different looks. You yeah. can't throw him the same looks all the time because what he's too smart, he's too good. The one thing Keegan did a good job of was staying in front of him and the Kings did a good job helping at times if Keegan was getting beat, Keegan would recover too. But the other thing is Keegan's long, and he's able to contest, and he wasn't fouling. You know, he got called for the one foul on the three-point attempt, but I thought Keegan did a really nice job on him. And the other interesting thing that the Kings did to start the second half, they had Keegan on staff, which, by the way, let's take a step back for a second because this needs to be acknowledged. Last year in the playoffs, the Kings were not putting Keegan on staff. What the Warriors were doing was, let me find Keegan. Keegan. Yeah. I'm I'm Steph. We're hunting. Get Keegan on me because I'm going to put, I'm going to go to work on him. That wasn't the case tonight. Keegan has shown in the early parts of this season that he has been an improved defender, capable of defending some guards, capable of defending multiple positions, rebounding the basketball. Well, I love what I'm seeing from him, but the one adjustment adjustment that Mike Brown made that I thought was interesting. It was different again, throwing different looks at the smart warriors team. That's able to adjust. They threw in zone for sure. But they also put Davion on Draymond Green. What? And the Warriors, at first, were like, oh, let's seek that out. That's a mismatch. The Kings Mm -hmm. were going to live with that. Because, like, let's make Draymond the score. The ball's out of Steph's hands. It's not in clays. It's not CP3. Whoever's in the game, let's get that to Draymond and see what he does there. And to be honest, it mucked up the game. It also allowed Davion to play off of Draymond a little bit and help with different yes. situations yes. too, right? He, he, he's just out over there as a Romer a Romer in a way.
4: He was so much more locked in. Like you're saying, like being able to make sure that he was in that help. But not only that, it's like, I was curious if it was more for, okay, if they want Draymond to have a DHO or set an on ball screen, and they want to make sure that if they have someone else switching yes. on to step Curry, it was going to be Davion Mitchell. I'm curious about that. I want, Mike Brown to answer that at a practice if that was kind of the strategy what they were going for or if it just was like no Davion was playing well um on Draymond because Keegan was on Steph and that we wanted his length on Curry because Curry has struggled with some length before so yeah I it was an interesting strategy throwing some zone at them too was interesting I like that they just mixed up a whole bunch of things and and
2: you have to because there's I mean, some of the passes that Draymond made tonight, absurd. Absurd. And
4: here's here's the thing. Not only do you have to because what the Warriors have can be so special at times on the floor, the way that they can just move that ball around, find Curry, find the off-ball movement, whatever. I mean, now they have another playmaker in Chris Paul who can Uh. find the cutter with his eyes closed. You know, like, so throwing all those defenses uh, in different different ways and and matchups at this Warriors team, I think disrupted their game a little bit. And that's why you saw what you saw yeah. with this Kings team without De'Aaron Fox, who has been a great two-way player to start this season.
2: Yeah, by the way, Steph tonight had seven turnovers as well. So that's just an interesting note that the Kings, all right, they threw some different looks. Again, you're not going to stop one of the great players of all time. The guy is, I mean, he's, he's incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Chris Paul, he had eight assists. Draymond had nine Looney had six. It's pretty impressive numbers from those three guys, uh, from an assist perspective, the mo- most wild stat, you know, the warriors scored 102 points. This, was, this was a relatively low scoring game, especially by today's NBA standards. Yeah. The, the warriors had 32 assists on 39 made shots. Just incredible wow. passing. I mean, I mean, wow, it was it was a thing of beauty. It really was. Um I also really was eager to see how this team was going to respond without De'Aaron Fox. And they I think overall they did a good job. I think the most striking thing, we spent so much time focusing on the final shot, but to me, where the game might have been lost was the start of the fourth quarter, where it felt like the Warriors' ball pressure increased. They played with much more physicality, and the Kings rely so much on Fox in the fourth quarter and in these moments when the game gets tight, right? He's their guy, and Fox can score in double digits. All I mean, he's in double digits in the fourth quarter the last two games. He had 21 or whatever against the Warriors on the Kings' home opener in the fourth quarter. You know the guy, it, he can get his, and... In the situation to start the fourth quarter, the Kings started Colby, Malik Monk, Chris Duarte, Sasha, and JaVale McGee. And you think about that lineup for a second. You're talking about some guys that haven't played together a lot. Colby Jones playing his first like real NBA minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. In a a game like this, in the fourth quarter of a close game, it felt like the Kings couldn't get into their offense and they didn't get any good shots. It didn't get better. The Kings actually, Morgan, did not hit their first field goal in the fourth quarter. I'm going to make sure this is right until the 720 mark. That's when Sabonis hit a jumper to tie the game at 83 apiece. Before that, they had only two points scored and it was at the free throw line. Yeah, and, and so that's... they did. You feel you sense that same thing? It felt like they really missed Fox early in that fourth quarter.
4: Oh yeah, I mean, they're just their go-to guy, yeah. right? Like having that go-to guy, and and I think the Kings all night long did a good job of stepping up for one another. But you look at this league, and you look at the importance of having that go-to guy to get you a bucket when you're need. And everyone's like. You know, we need Malik to step up. We need Sabonis to step up. Like we need these things, but it's just it's not as it's just not the same. Yeah. It's not, it's not as unique as Deer and Fox and his ability to not only step up in some of the most clutch times, but also just like um his his ability to just do it so effortlessly like that is what they were missing because even when you don't have the sense of like oh we have that guy this is effortless it just be it, it becomes a mental game and this game becomes a little bit more deflating and then oh wow now we're almost halfway through the quarter and we don't have anyone to just get us a bucket right now yeah even when they put job.
2: even when they put malik monk back in i thought he was a little sloppy like it, it, the, the ball pressure was a factor and the warriors have some guys out there defensively that can get after it gp they put gp2 on monk because yeah. they're, they're like well fox isn't here we know monk can create his own get to the basket monk had some amazing finishes hit some big shots monk finished with 16 points when the chat was mentioning this Curious to get your perspective, did you get the sense watching the game where you're going, Malik should have played more? He played just under 25 minutes. Would you have liked to see him play closer to 30? Um, There
4: was, I guess, I guess there's, there's times when I felt that way, like, oh, just keep Malik out there. Why isn't Malik out there more to create, to playmate? But I think at times, too, he wasn't your he wasn't doing what you would usually expect him to do. I think the warriors did a good job of frustrating him. Yeah. What did he end up with? Uh, yeah. He ended up with two assists. Right. And I think for him, it's not just about putting on the numbers and getting those assists. It's it, because obviously people can miss shots and you're not going to get those assists, but I don't think he, I think he was looking to be that guy, rather than to continue on what he's great at in his role. And he's great at making everyone around him better, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And I I think Mike probably liked how Davion was playing. He was knocking down his shot. He's being a pest defensively. I thought he did a nice job. Davion, by the way, got the start, played just under 30 minutes. He had 13 points. He had four assists. He also had three steals, five of nine shooting. He knocked down three of six from downtown. So that was good to see.
4: Yeah, I was re- I was really happy with Davion. You know, you, like you mentioned, his three steals and doing a little bit of everything. I liked his his shot selection. Um, you know, being efficient from not only beyond the arc but also also just like all around and um the four assists. That's just something with Davion. You needed him to be that floor manager tonight, and I think he really did a good job of just taking on that role with a different type of confidence. Uh, his his confidence and his leadership, I feel like has grown in this last year.
2: It's going to be tough without Fox. You just hope he's not going to be out too long. And the Kings are have it's, it's pretty spread out here. You got Saturday, Monday, and then Wednesday against Portland. Why are you Here's, shaking your head?
4: Because I'm not trying to, I'm I, cause it's like, obviously you want Fox to yeah. play in every single game. We all do, but this is bound to happen. And if it's going to happen, I'd rather have it happen now this early in the season. So also Mike Brown yeah. can look around and see what he has and what he has to work wow. with in units.
2: He got, he got to look at Colby Jones tonight and Colby had a really nice first half. It wasn't as great in the second half, but Colby, he just has such a good feel for the game. And it, it didn't seem like he was rattled at all. He had that really nice block on GP two at the end of what was that the third or the, for the second quarter?
4: I forget, but I, I remember it was the, the end
2: of the third because you had that wild sequence. We got the full JaVale McGee experience, too, where he was trying to do too much offensively in the final few minutes. But the block JaVale McGee had on Kaminga's dunk attempt was one of the nastiest blocks I've seen.
4: It was great. That I mean, was That was
2: disgusting, dude. That, and then Sasha the didn't best. cap it off with the three.
4: Oh. Oh my um, God.
2: But then uh, I was going to Colby. Then Colby blocked GP two at the end of uh, the third quarter. But Colby was just a pest out there, man. And, and he comes in. He had a nice move on CP three for a floater. He didn't look. Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, I, I, I thought he did a nice job out there as a rook.
4: He just, I mean, he he looks NBA ready, which is great. I was I was telling Mike a whole bunch of times. I'm like, I'm really excited to see if Colby gets in tonight and what he's going to do. and What he's going to do. And I th- just think. These moments for not only where he was picked in the draft, but like also what our expectations are of what he can actually contribute to this roster. That seems like it has some depth. Um, I, I like it. I like seeing in those moments that he just looks confident out there. He doesn't look rattled. Wait, what happened with Chris Duarte?
2: Duarte had a rough night tonight. I, you know, I, I thought he came out and, and played some solid defense to start, but I thought he was a really chaotic offensively. And I think Mike just had him on a short leash tonight. And when mm. it's not only that, I think other guys are just playing well. It's like, okay, if Davion's playing well, uh, I got to play Monk out there. Herter's, he's playing well. It's not only Herder like Herder missed some shots tonight. He yeah. ends up with 11 points, four of 11. And he still is not shooting the ball particularly well to start, but if he's going to be out there, he needs to be doing other things. And I thought he represented himself well out there. He had nine rebounds. He had a couple of nice dimes too, including one is a bonus. That was sweet. So you had to play him. You're playing Colby. There's only so many minutes out there, right? So he was kind of the odd man out tonight.
4: Yeah, no, I, I was, I was just curious if there was like something more and like that I missed because, but I think you're right. I think being the odd man out, but also Um, Mike Brown, liking what he saw from Colby Jones at times, at times when they're both out there, I totally am like, I'm like, wait, Colby, Chris, yeah, 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 yeah. it's kind of
2: similar size, similar hair. Mm
4: -hmm. Yep. Yep. So, so no, I'm, I am happy though, that Colby got those minutes, got that opportunity. Um, and, and I know we'll, we'll look ahead in a little bit, but like, again, you're with De'Aaron trying to recover let's say like you're going on and taking on a houston rockets team that just got their first win tonight so we'll talk about that more coming up
2: i do have a quote from brendan nunes real fast morgan huh. what what was it? what what happened are you okay you just get scared by someone
4: no the, the, this hanger randomly fell
2: it's okay I, I mean are you is the hanger gonna start crawling toward you and grab you and kill you like what
4: Okay, like, so, what? Right. What? Like, what? What's just wrong? It's just, I get just scared about things like you're supposed to. Oh my I god! Don't know, be a teammate. Oh, it make oh me my god, god. Morgan!
2: This this coaster just dropped.
4: Okay. Shit!
2: What? What am I gonna do?
4: What a dick! <laughs> okay. What a dick!
2: Um. Okay. <laughs> a hanger dropped. Oh no!
4: Morgan, call someone. (laughs) Dude, like, you be alone in a studio at night. Like, get out of here. Uh,
2: uh, All right, can I get to the Mike Brown quote? Yeah. This is Mike Brown deciding to to put Keegan on Steph Curry. He says, we haven't been able to do anything with Steph. Keegan is growing a lot on both ends of the floor. Let's see if we can throw some length on him. You're not going to stop a Hall of Famer like Steph, but you got to make him work for it. And I thought Keegan did. Huh. Is that Coach Brown or Deuce and Moe? I mean, uh, that's what we said in the first 10 minutes tonight, huh? Good job, Mo. Good um, job, Coach Deuce. The other thing I think we should talk about. Um, I want to give some love to Sabonis.
4: Oh, yes.
2: Sabonis Was not good in that series against the Warriors. He wasn't his typical self, and he didn't get a lot of help. We know that. Like, hey, 3 fists of the starting lineup didn't help either. Herter wasn't knocking down shots. Barnes wasn't. Keegan wasn't to start the series, blah, blah, blah. But he came out aggressive tonight. I got frustrated at one point in the first half with him because I felt like he was hesitating on the mid-range shot. And it's like, if you're open from three, I want you to shoot it. I don't care. Like, he... He needs to be able to shoot it with confidence. He did in the later stages. I think he ended up three for three on kind of mid-range shots tonight, which is a huge plus. And I thought he played with physicality. I mean, he worked Looney a few times tonight, Mm -hmm. just playing physical and they play physical back, you know, Draymond slapping down on him. He's bumping him. Looney's tugging on his Jersey. Like, yeah. They're, they're doing everything they can to slow him down, especially with you know Fox not being in the lineup for Sacramento. Sabonis finished with 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists on 8 of 16 shooting. He did take a 3. Uh, he missed it. The worst part of his game was at the free throw line where he was 7 of 12. To his credit, he did hit two big ones late in the game um, that I was really worried about. But I thought Sabonis had a really strong game. and I, I, I like him playing... I want to see more aggressiveness from him offensively, and when I say that, it's looking for his sometimes because he's a strong dude, and yeah. he, he will play physical. He doesn't give a shit, and nope. I, I liked what he did tonight. What jumped out to you?
4: Um. Well, I definitely hope he's our player of the game one. But well, but
2: look, I, I I don't know. I, I'll have to talk to our guy. Let's let's see our graphics guy. Hey, can you hit the graphic for player of the game? Hit the graphic. Ah! Yes, our, our rock and soul player of the game, Demonis Sabonis. He had 23 points, 11 rebounds, eight dimes, as I mentioned, our rock and soul player of the game. You guys have to go to rock and soul. I'm actually going to go there Friday. They have breakfast served all day. That means you get a breakfast for dinner. Morgan, breakfast, breakfast for dinner. dinner. Breakfast for dinner open at 8 a.m. daily Friday and Saturday. The kitchen's open till midnight and they have nightly specials for every King's game. 14 TVs, free parking located at 1825 10th Street on the corner of 10th and S. Uh, I did the math. That's one, two, three. six blocks away from Golden One Center. You got to go there. Rock and Soul Diner. You got to support local. They support us. You support them. Good food, breakfast all day. That's a win-win. Our Rock and Soul, player of the game, Damanis
4: Sabonis. It's such a cute place. Um, Domos, Yeah. And being our player of the game. Uh, also, Nick Avila texted me, said Sabonis what, has recorded his fourth straight game with at least 10 points and 10 rebounds and five assists to begin this season. I mean... You know, I think even in some games when we're like, oh, he didn't play his best, you can look at his stat line and go, okay, he's contributing, right? It's we just have high expectations for this guy, and you talk about his toughness, and it's like there's moments where I'm like, oh, he can't get through one extra guy, and he's just getting arms thrown at him. He's getting beaten down, and he's still staying physical. And I think it's interesting because I was on our post-game show with Mike Bibby, I was starting to talk about Sabonis and how great he is. And then I was just mentioning, man, and that Oh, for one from three point land, I'm just so glad that he's only taken that one, three, you know, he's open for a reason. And I'm like saying, I'm like, it sounds like I'm talking shit about him shooting threes, but, and then we had to go to break. So I didn't get to praise him enough. And so I want to make sure I know. And it made me feel like shit. I was like, no. So I want to make sure I praise him enough here because, um, when, you know, I think he is open for a reason at times, but I think it's also very important he's super selective with his three point shot because it's not bad. It's, it's just
2: his percentage was good last year and, and I don't need him shooting six a game.
4: Right. Wait, And my whole point to this is it's the mechanics and the technique. And I really want him to be shooting that three when he's trailing down in transition or in early offense, or when he is just making sure that he is all in one motion. I think it's all about the rhythm of that three point shot for him. So when he's just standing there, it's like, okay, can you be better at, maybe using more of your legs, doing whatever. There's just something different that he needs to do a better job of when he's shooting that three and becoming more of a threat. But besides that, I love seeing some of his outside shots. I love seeing the way that he knocked down that bank elbow shot, especially it being such a dreadful shot for him in that postseason. And you know what I love too is that when he missed those two free throws, Warriors fans – you can just tell, hate the shit out of him. They hate him. And there's something about that that I love because I'm like, that's how I feel about Draymond at times. And that's how you know there's just something building between these two teams. So yeah, Sabonis, another big game for him. I love the way that he just stays physical and strong throughout an entire freaking game that he is just getting um, just... Just arms and bodies thrown at him.
2: I do want to get to some comments, Morgan, and there's some other guys I want to mention too. I was just looking back at my notes. You know, this was a night where Steph Curry led the Warriors in scoring with 21, but the next leading scorer for them was Saric. And I thought Saric had some really nice moments hitting some big time threes. And, you know, talk about a guy who could be a real difference maker with them. It's something they lack since losing Bialica, is having. A guy with some size who can shoot it from the outside, and you can't leave him open. The Kings left him open a couple of times tonight. He ends up with 15 points on six and nine. He also had six rebounds in the game.
4: Dude, I was I was wondering, it was funny. Like before the game, I'm like, wait, who's coming in when Looney started getting those early fouls? I'm like, wait, Trace Jackson, who? And then I'm like, oh no, it's Sarge. And and it was funny, I was talking to Mike Bibby about him, and he and I was telling him how. How like the how to pronounce his name and oh, everything. Char-itch. I
2: messed it up too, huh? It's, okay. My it's, bad. It's, yeah.
4: it's tough. It's tough. But I was like talking and he's like, he's like, well, there's no way we're talking about him after the game. And I'm like, oh, don't be surprised. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this type of game yeah, from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, he stepped up big for the Warriors.
2: Uh in the chat, Attitude Era Mark. Shout out to the Attitude Era, by the way, Morgan. Were you an Attitude Era fan?
4: To- um suck it. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> I mean, it
2: is. I did not expect <laughs> you to actually know it. And without hesitation, you dropped a socket on Attitude Era Mark. Uh, he says, you guys don't want to hear this, but the Kings blew this one. Once Golden State went small with three guards, they should have worked the paint. They settled until three men left. They blew it. Yeah, I mean, when Golden State took Wiggins out, um, I mean, I just felt like their ball pressure was so good. The Kings just looked chaotic, and I think that's really a product of... Being without their guy and De'Aaron Fox. And that has to get better, especially if they're going to play without him. They got to figure out ways to do that. I thought like they eventually did start attacking the paint more and had some success. I mean, I thought Herder had a really nice uh, move off the dribble. Yeah, it was a two man game, it's a bonus. I'm looking back at my notes. It was 95 92. And then Monk blew by GP2 for a score. It was a tough score. I won't say blow by GP2 was with him, but Monk got a step on him and scored to make it 97, 94 with a minute 45. Then Sabonis scored 99, 96, just crazy sequences for sure. And then like Monk had an attack that Draymond blocked the shit out of him late in the shot clock, 2.1, the shot clock, and then clay stripped Harrison Barnes. Like, the Warriors' defense was really, really good down the stretch.
4: It, it was. And one other thing I did want to mention, because you mentioned that block on Malik, yeah. and then the other moment when it was that shot clock violation, there was a few where the shot clock was winding down, and it was like, you know, Like you said, the Warriors were doing a good job of pressuring the Kings. But that shot clock violation, what pissed me off so bad about that is that nobody was screaming at Malik. That is when your teammates, somebody, I saw Colby there, I saw, and I'm like, Colby's a rookie, you know, like those are the moments you got to learn. You better be screaming at your teammate, you know, three seconds, three seconds, like whatever it is. So at least he can jack it up and try and hit the rim
2: i'm reading the chat morgan so i didn't hear your last part i'm just going to be honest with you because i feel like i just need to be transparent sorry oh you know can i be honest there's just i'm trying to like i you know how i care about the people in the chat we have a live chat going on and we like to acknowledge no morgan just hear me out please please just be a a good teammate (laughs) be a good teammate for a goddamn second morgan I pay attention to checks. I like to reference things. I like to see how things are going. And there's a few Warriors fans tonight, which I... Welcome, please. We love talking basketball. We love talking basketball. We're not like hot take people. We just talk about the game, what we like, what we didn't like. We don't just, we're not homers. We talk about the Kings, good, bad. We talk about the other team, good, bad. And they're like, five rings. Steph, Steph's going to play six more years. It's like constant trolling. And so I just, I just wanted to, say, I want to give a slight warning. And right when I was done with the warning, you ended your point And I realized I didn't hear the end of it. So I wanted to say sorry to you. And that's what I did.
4: Well, I appreciate... We'll go from here. I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate the apology. Um, but what I'm going to say right now, if if it's a 14-year-old kid, let him be. You're right. You're right. But he it's not... 14. It's
2: an, Again, it's and not... Can I just say... If he's, if
4: he's, he's say, a 50-year-old man, then, he, like, what is he doing?
2: Just real fast, though. What? It, it's more because I was caring about the people in the chat chatting. They're just trying to have a conversation about the game. And then we got. People are, five rings, Steph. Curry, go. It's like, dude, we've, we, yes, we've given Steph a lot of love here.
4: We I, have. I have a question for yeah. any parent out there. When your kid's annoying, don't you just ignore them? Like, isn't that what you're, isn't yeah. that like the parenting? Ignore the kid. Yeah. Ignore the kid.
2: Uh, God of Disco in the chat says, We aren't homers. Yo, uh, I come on. Oh, he says, Yo, come on. I love y'all, but you're definitely homers. Ha ha. I am a sixers homer. It's okay. I mean, I'm, when, I guess what I mean by, that is obviously we want the Kings to win. So I guess that makes us homers. But I mean, we're not afraid to like, say this was messed up tonight. This was wrong tonight. Or, this or, was a messed I up mean, play. Or give
4: yeah. love to the yeah. other. I mean, like, that's a, like, we just love we're yeah. basketball homers. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're basketball homers that grew up in Sacramento. So
2: um, I want to look back at the rest of my notes to see if there's anything else we should be talking about. Oh, I, I just want to focus on Keegan for a second. So Keegan is struggling to start the year, Morgan. Let's talk about it. Uh, Keegan Murray. And when I say struggling, it's with the shot, which is a little surprising because he's been such a good shooter, right? But remember, yeah. he had the thumb soreness. He missed a preseason game and now he's got the wrap on his right hand. He's had a hand issue. It's wrapped cl- it's to me. If you're wrapping your hand, there's something going on there. And tonight it felt like I don't know. Some of his stuff was short. Some of it he was fading, whatever. He ends up four of 15 in this game. He was zero for seven from downtown Uh, against the Lakers. He was six of 14, three of nine from downtown against the Warriors in the home opener, six of 16, three of 11 from downtown and against the Utah jazz in that opener in Salt Lake city. He was five of 13, four of nine from three. So um, I don't know. Like, I guess my question is based on his shooting numbers sample size. It's four games. The Kings are 2 and 2. Do you yeah. think do you think the hand is impacting him at all at this point just with this shot?
4: Well, here's here's another angle. I don't think he's going to be as efficient this season because he is going to be taking so many more shots. He's going to be ta- He's going mm. to be a lot more aggressive, and which means he's going to miss a lot more shots. He literally was about to be taken out of a game because he didn't take a three and then made a three on the next possession down and said F you to Mike Brown. You know what I mean? So, like, I think we are going to see a change in his numbers because his style is going to change and be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe. But- I, I, I I don't know but, if i agree
2: with that but I, they're no, not no, going to no, be in the 30 percent
4: wait 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 hi nope stop um but that's but that's what i'm saying i'm just saying it's an angle i'm just saying it's something to look at as well but right now what we are seeing is him yeah it's not looking pretty um necessarily when it comes to his efficiency with his shooting i think Like on a night like this, when you're going 0 for 7, Mike Brown is going to tell him to keep shooting. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, like Mike Bibby kept saying, is it's it's get that layup, get that first shot in. I'm glad
2: you brought that up because what did he do to start the third quarter? What did he do? He had that in and out dribble on Clay Mm. and finished with the floater. Mm. It was beautiful. Just destroyed uh, Clay in that situation. Then he had a, a smart play where Look, Steph's guarding you, okay? If you got the ball, you got to make something happen, okay? He had Steph on him, turn around, fadeaway jumper, bucket. And I'm like, good. Get the little in-between game. So that was really good to see. And speaking of post, the one play that kind of irritated me tonight, HB, it was in the fourth quarter, Harrison Barnes, who did hit some big shots too, but Harrison Barnes had Chris Paul defending him in the post. And you that that ball cannot be turned over. It can't be turned over. I've seen Harrison Barnes score in the situation, draw a foul, and that was not a good sequence for him.
4: Do you think do you I I would need to see that play again? It felt like it felt like the Draymond came across the arm on Sabonis, like the possession before, and then it felt like that Chris Paul play happened. And I'm like it doesn't
2: matter because I hear what you're saying because was Chris Paul physical on that play? Yes, he was. But okay, he needed Harrison needed to be the aggressor. He's in the post. I know Chris Paul is a a stronger dude, Fair, but get, put your ass into it. Okay. I don't need you being straight up with awesome posture. All right. Put your ass into it, make a move, back him down a little bit, have a turnaround jumper or kick it out, get the ball moving around. You can't, You cannot turn the ball over in that situation.
4: Well, and you talk about even a turnaround jumper. You're right. He has the size advantage. And it's like it's like if you are afraid of Chris Paul pulling some antics where he is going to fling his body back and get the call because that we see that happen a lot. And he's very good at it. And there's times when it's like, God, that's good. And then there's yeah. times it's like, Chris, get up. Like, what are you doing? And I felt like and- that was
2: a bit of a swing play, although the Kings ended up getting back into the game. It was like three and a half to go. And then, so that was a turnover. It was a missed three. And then because the Kings were, you know, not back all the way, Looney offensive rebound, put back in the Warriors went up three. Yeah. I
4: would have, I think you're right. I would have liked to see like, if he wasn't going to back him all the way down, which I would have loved. But I would have been worried, too, that Chris Paul was going to pull something. I would have done a, tur- a little turnaround jumper. I mean, you ha- like we said, you have the length, you have the size advantage, and your-, your shot is pretty. And you started making your outside shots. Who's to say that you weren't going to make a turnaround jumper on Chris Paul guarding you?
2: <sighs> Kings lose this one, 102-101. We should mention that tonight's podcast, Morgan Reagan, is, of course, presented by our friends over at
4: Northwest
2: Exteriors. And their website is northwestexteriors.com. Morgan, tell me about your Northwest experience and why others should go to them for their windows.
4: It's life-changing. I was just talking about this with my mom today going, my house used to feel like I was camping um, when I would wake up in the winter. And I'm not exaggerating or joking when I say this. And then I said to her, I said, why didn't I think about changing the windows earlier. And the reason for me was I always thought it's going to be too expensive. It's going to be too expensive when really you get the quote and you realize like, oh, this is doable or oh, this is doable on half the house. They're very flexible with whatever you need. They And not only is it going to help the electric bill, it's also helping the aesthetics of the home. I'm just so happy with everything that Northwest did for me.
2: So are you saying that people should go to their showroom in rancho cordova and check it out themselves
4: yes and if you're (laughs) if you're not going there that's on you i told you to go there i told you you can change your life don't be intimidated go there
2: are you also saying they're just simply the best
0: simply the best trust Northwest. northwest
2: Yeah, I like the slight delay because you're on location. We're also presented by our friends over at Sharif Jewelers. Morgan Sharif Jewelers has been around forever. We're talking about since the early '80s in Sacramento, and you're talking about an iconic Sacramento brand. You will find a member of their family in every one of their locations, and it has that family feel. You don't need to be intimidated when you go to Sharif mm-hmm. Jewelers.
4: No, it's so. It again, another wonderful. My favorite part about uh, like all of our sponsors is that they're all local and you know i think what's so great is that you really get a feel about who they are as people and sharif jewelers amazing people amazing family iconic place that has been in sacramento for so long and i always thought oh jewelry it's all about just an engagement ring they have so many other things again for someone like me that needs help with jewelry i can go there and get anything I need whether it's a hoop earring, a dainty bracelet, or a watch. So make sure hey. if you're looking for anything, yeah. to go check out Sharif Jewelers. Uh,
2: it's November first. The holiday season is here. This is the time to start thinking about things. Maybe an engagement ring, huh? Just check it out. Go to Sharif
0: Jewelers today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medalla is the mark of a fighter.
2: All right, Morgan, Reagan, um, any other final thoughts on this particular game before we move on? Have we missed anything besides the poll question?
4: Um, b- besides the poll question, let me just check. Um, no, I think we pretty much got everything. I feel like there's a really good team effort from this King squad. You had six guys score in double figures, and um, that alone with Fox being out, I was happy with. Just wish they could have pulled out a W. Uh,
2: I do want to mention Sasha for a second. I know he is one of six. He played 17 minutes, but again, he's just a really good rebounder. He had five rebounds. The other thing, uh, the he's kind of the king of deflections. This guy gets his hand on the ball, man. Uh, He's active. And for all maybe of his shortcomings, athletically, he moves well. He's in the right spots. He understands the game. Shout out Ali with his deuce and Mo hoodie (laughs) jumping into the picture just now, but Morgan, I, I felt like Sasha. I wish we had deflections on the final box score, but he had some nice moments tonight. His shot didn't fall. He had an, a floater that got called for a, a charge, but it was a really weird-looking floater. He was just one of five, but um, where is it? his final numbers in this one had two points. He had five fouls in that stretch, but I, I want to say he had like two or three deflections.
4: Yeah. No, I I again that's why Sasha you're still seeing Sasha with 17 minutes. You're still seeing the game he's trying to still get the pace of the game, the NBA game under his belt a little bit. And what I like is that we're seeing a little bit more and more out of him. I know we want this um uh, just this offensive weapon out of him. We want him to make every single three and be surprised yeah. when he misses shots. But at the same time, it's about getting everything to come together and understanding the pace and being able to have enough energy and strength on the offensive side to make sure that he can shoot the same shot that he was shooting. The I early. like him.
2: Good teammate, too. Yep. Seems like he encourages guys. will get on guys. Agreed. Good cutter. Um, yeah. He he had some uh, some nice deflections in this game tonight. I'm trying to think of anyone else we didn't really highlight. Uh, Davion, we kind of skated over him for a second, but no. literally, I, I I just felt like running the team. You know, this is a big opportunity for him, and I think as the season goes on, you 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 know, without Fox here, at least for the moment, you know, it, it's going to mean a lot for Davion Mitchell. It's going to mean a lot for someone like Keegan Murray to get an increased offensive. Uh, role on this team Malik Monk Colby Jones but for Davion who got off to a slow start for him to come in tonight knock down some shots play aggressive he had one play that jumped out to me where he over dribbled but for the most part I thought he did a really nice job
4: yeah and by the way we did not roll over him because I I said most of those things with him just being a poor manager out there tonight and everything but I appreciate you wanting to give him some extra love
2: well, the Kings fall to two and two. They got a couple of games coming up. The Warriors are four and one now, by the way. So a nice stretch for them, where they, they beat Sacramento, then they beat the Houston Rockets, they beat the Pelicans, and they come back home after that road trip to beat the Kings. And you you see the skill level out there, Morgan. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be good. They're not perfect, I don't think, but Chris Paul. Definitely helps, especially with that second unit. I think Sharich is a nice pickup. Moody has shown more flashes recently. Curry's still ridiculous.
4: I I I <clears> truly <throat> believe like they're a team that you can't count out as long as you have Steph Curry. I know we keep talking about age and, and these things to slow them down and everything. And I know they're not they're not going to win all of these games, you know, coming when I say it like that. If, Course now they will. But my my point is it's like it's hard to win like this in the NBA all the time, but they look like a team that can play together really well. They look a little bit more together than last year, I'm sure, without Jordan Poole, his chaotic nature, what Draymond did to him, all that kind of being out of the picture too is helpful. Chris Paul buying into his uh coming off the bench role and then being just a Point God, a wizard at that position. Um, them being able to execute with small ball lineup, you know, like even that alone for them. We saw success with that with the Kings and Trey Lyles. And you might see more of that with the Golden State Warriors. They're gonna be tough to beat in the Western Conference. And um, yeah, just don't ever count them out with Steph Curry on their squad.
2: Well, next up for the Kings, they take on the Houston Rockets. That game is Saturday in Houston. They also play them Monday in houston the rockets got their first win tonight they were uh 0-3 i believe coming into tonight's game they beat the hornets 128 to 119 fred van vliet's now on that squad he had 22 points 11 assists um Jalen green had 23 points. Dylan Brooks dropped 20 on seven of nine. The Hornets play no defense, by the way, this, this one is yeah. uh, Steve Clifford's got, if he had hair, he'd be tearing it out, but he's bald. Um, the rockets definitely, I think are improved. I know they got their first win tonight, but I think they should. I think they have more grown ups in the room. I still don't think they're a great team. Obviously. I don't think you can just count on slapping them around. You, you have to go in locked in like you were tonight. I, I, if Sacramento just go take care of business the next two. This but, is what a good a good team would do: is go. We're going to dust ourselves off, and we know we're shorthanded. We're not taking them lightly. We're going to go in there playing that engaged defense and go beat that team.
4: And but here's the thing: whenever we say something like that, I go. I don't doubt this team for a second. Show me something to doubt with that type of mentality and then I'll be judging them on that. But I think like they all buy into Mike Brown and what needs to get done. And, you know, Mike even mentioned on tonight's post game show, or he was talking about it off air and then talked about it a little bit on air. And that was just like, you know, Houston was a good city to roll through. Like he he enjoyed Houston. The guys, the NBA guys, enjoyed. <laughs> James Houston
2: Harden for- likes going to go into Houston.
4: James Harden. I mean, there's different reasons why people enjoy Houston in late nights. And Mike's just like, just get to bed and do your thing. Yeah. And I think for the most part, you have so many professionals yeah, on this yeah, yeah. that like you might you might get the Miami flu when you're taking on the heat or something, or maybe when you're in LA. But I feel like for the most part, like they're not they're not the type of crew that is like. I want to go live it up in every single city. They know what's at hand. And I think their playing time um, and the pride they take in that and what they can do as a team is more important at times. And I could be wrong. I could be naive to everyone and everyone, you know what I mean?
2: Well, with or without Fox, I mean, without Fox, I still think the next three games are games you, sh- you should win. You should beat the Rockets twice. And then you come back home Wednesday. I know it's coming off a road trip, but it's a mini road trip you beat the Blazers at home. And then that Friday you get ready for your first NBA cup game, baby with Oklahoma city in town on a Friday night. How crazy I'm exci- is
4: that? I'm excited for that. I know my, uh, our, our, our producer Anthony was like, you know, are, do you get up for like this in season tournament stuff? And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm excited about it until it shows me that I shouldn't be excited about it. It's kind of like the play in like where, where, I was like, well, it could work. And then it did end up working. And he's like, you know, I'm still out on it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna rub it in your face if you're wrong, because in my in my eyes, it's it 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 does give just a different element to a long NBA season. Yeah. You see, you see. Uh, football, European football, do things like this. And they have different things and elements that factor into it. But maybe this is something that can evolve over time and become something important. It's the first year of
2: it. Why why not try something different? I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for the NBA cup. Let's have some fun with it. But yeah, I look, Kings are two and two. I think all the games have been pretty damn entertaining. I mean, they've hurt, right? But yeah. All four games, you know, the game against Utah, you smacked them around, you lost your home opener to the Warriors. Steph's ridiculous. You beat the Lakers in overtime with Sabonis fouled out and Fox getting hurt. And then tonight, you hung in there without 'er De'Aaron Fox and had a chance to win. You tip your cap and go, oh, good job, Clay Thompson. You hit that bucket at the end of the game. I think one of my big takeaways as we end this, I think the Kings are a better defensive team than they were last year. And yes. I'm not saying they're locked down by any means, but I was, I said my goal before the season for this group is, can they get to top 15? Can they just be average? I'm seeing more signs, even with this specific group, that that can be done. Now, does Monty need to keep pushing to go take a swing and get someone that can maybe elevate that higher? Sure, but I think this group right now has enough to, to really – really be a good team this year
4: yeah and i think a night like tonight you you got to see it and that's what i do love i know we keep talking about like why do you play the warriors so many times but they get up for these games and i hope that they get up for the other games even if it is against the houston rockets even if it is against the portland trailblazers you got to make sure you play like this because that is how you build and get better um off of this type of defense
2: um i want to get to our poll question before we go How are you feeling about the loss? The options should have won. Tough one, loved how they competed, and sick of playing the Warriors. 42% of people say tough one, loved how they competed. 35% say should have won, and then 23% say sick of playing the Warriors. So that's the poll tonight. I I
4: would have picked sick of playing the Warriors as my choice. But
2: yes. Is that your choice? Um, that is 100%. I, I think I went back and forth on all three of them, to be honest. I should have just done D, all of the above. That should have been the other option. Hmm. Um, I want to get to a couple comments before we go, Morgan. Um, Let's see here. Um, God, there was one that was it's jumping around now. Uh, Jimbo says, y'all sh- should just eat some chocolate and chill. You'll win plenty with this team. That sounds good to me. Oh, I like really cho- good. chocolate oh. and chocolate. Um, the Kings did make a trade today. We didn't mention that. Oh yeah. Philip. Uh,
4: <laughs> why didn't we do an emergency podcast for this?
2: <laughs> they made a, a trade today where they acquired Philip Petrusive Petrusive. Wow, Petrusiv? I don't know. I I'm, don't say good job. I don't know. He's a big guy. I went to Gonzaga. Um, and basically the king, the Kings got him from the Clippers. He was just with the Sixers involved with the Harden trade. They sent him to Sacramento the Kings get cash back in the deal, which would literally just allow them to pay for his contract. Like he fills the last roster spot. I imagine he'll get some run in Stockton. We'll see. And if it doesn't work out, well, you just got some cash from the Clippers. So you're, you're basically getting a free look at a guy, you know, a a guy that's close to seven feet, I believe good size. Oh, wow. Can shoot. I don't know. Take a look at him. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I, to be I, an I expert. Took, I watched some of yeah. stuff earlier, but that was the other thing.
4: That's I watched like a couple a couple highlights of it just to kind of get a feel, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool.
2: yeah. Someone in the chess says, talk about him. I, I wish I uh, had more for you. I didn't have time to do a deep dive. Maybe, maybe maybe later t- for sure.
4: Maybe tomorrow, even if uh, after my big commercial shoot.
2: Good luck with you. Good luck to you. Good luck. All right. Um, someone is accusing me of drinking box wine during the pod I do not have box wine either, but we Again, appreciate you guys.
4: Good good luck to you. Deuce did not give a shit about anything I just had to say. Okay.
2: Okay. I just turned you down if you're gonna be like that. I yeah, I don't care about your commercial. I'm just kidding. Um, before we go, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, make sure you're subscribed. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us even after a Kings loss. You guys are the absolute best. We love you guys, but we got to go.
4: You're all badass for being here. I'll be back with Deuce in studio on Saturday. Will after you? The game. Yeah, because it's an early game.
2: Uh, that's a good point. Early game in the studio. Can't
4: wait. Can't wait. We'll see you guys then. Bye.
3: Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.